Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I will be playing the Cult Divinity Lost role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Before we start, I want to remind our listeners that August 18th to 21st, a group of our players and GMs, including myself, will be attending Necronomicon 2022 in Providence, Rhode Island. It's H.P. Lovecraft's 130, 132nd birthday, and it's going to be a blast. If you come and see us, um, if you see us, come and say hello. We love meeting our fans. The campaign is Black Madonna. It is available from Helmgast. I'm the Game Master, and this is episode 16. The recap will be given by Josh Harwood as his character, Andre Vyshenko. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Josh? Thank you, voice in my head. Uh, it has been strange times. Very strange. Uh, my dear mother of my children, should I cross that out? I do not want to write this to you, but you're the only one who will ever listen. So I say, listen, nag me, but yes, it is how it goes. Uh, so where I left you off, we were in this realm, this mad place. We're crossing a bridge. We entered the orphanage and we came across Kalenko. Yeah, a strange man. Kept trying to get us to go in elevator. You know what I'm like. I do not like elevator. It is how it goes. Bad experience in elevators, and he kept trying to force us down. Eventually, we went in the elevator. I, you know, grabbed hold of people, went into corner, and we went down. And I was correct to be worried about going down elevator because we're basically in hell. And I mean hell. You won't believe me, you'll just think I'm drunk or something, but uh, that is my dear friend Eckhart. Uh, he is becoming a, a drunk. Uh, poor, poor man. He's got many years ahead of him. I will save him. Uh, that's the worst thing. I now, I don't have friends, you know me. I try to I just have acquaintances. Now these are all friends. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. I feel a big weight on my shoulder with them around but I can't leave. It's not in my nature anymore. But yes, we continued and uh, we came across our target. One of the three were well, after some trying to free the children, that is. They were in the grapes, poking their fingers out. It was like little sausages poking out. It was awful. We could not free them. So we ended up in this fight. It felt pointless. But I used an old tactic. <laughs> it actually worked this time. I didn't kill any friendlies. Uh, Rip Pavel. You will be, you are still missed. But I put a grenade down his throat with the help of the people who are more inclined to the dream, dream magic or whatever it is. Uh, they helped restrain him and made him blind. That Mr. Magoo or whatever. I do not understand some of these references. <laughs> but you understand. You, you know me. And then his head went. It actually worked. It went everywhere. <laughs> it actually worked. My mad idea. And then 
We freed the children, we freed Piotr. We freed all the children. We actually did it. Could never harm a child. And then we were met with the Wanderer again, who revealed themselves to be Piotr. And we freed Piotr. And when we returned to the waking world, or whatever it is, is it real? Is it not? Who knows? Piotr had died, but grasping his doll. We no longer had the doll, but that was one mystery solved. We are now waiting on uh, for priest to come along, and then we may head to Moscow for our next journey. Who knows what's next for us? But at least one out of the three is gone. I hope to, well, I hope to see the kids. I don't hope to see you. But I do miss you, my love. Yes, yes, uh, your dear husband, well, no, not husband. <laughs> Shit, I better cross that out. Your dear ex-husband and uh, father of the children. Andrei Vyshenko. I hope she does know your name. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. Um, all right. So you have returned to the waking world. You are in. You're in your uh, uh, apartment. You've been there for a couple of days. You've seen the newspapers and you've read. Uh, you've read about Piotr and oh, you contacted uh, uh, the uh, insane asylum. Um. So the one thing that you've noticed uh, over the last couple of days as you're still waiting, uh, there seems to be a bit of unrest that seems to be rising up in Leningrad. Um, there's areas of the city that have been struck with uh, bouts of cholera. And... Um, there just seems to be a lot of it. It just sort of seems like the crime rate is growing. Uh, you're seeing a lot more news like that in the newspaper, though you have no idea what might be. I mean, other than just the general fluctuations of the way things go. Cholera, though, is an unusual one because it's a it's something that was a big problem, you know, years ago. But, you know, say what you will for the Soviets, but plumbing wasn't a weak point. Right. Um, uh, picking up German language newspapers, uh, is there much uh, to do about our continued uh, the, the ongoing search for us as a group of criminal masterminds um there's a there's a number of yeah there's um it's it's really kind of died down from the papers but there are still rumors of sightings of you here and there you know that they're not true but um your names are continuing to get stuck in the newspaper mill and um you know criminals still at large after the uh insane satanic slaughter of noted officials or noted important people 
And the um, journalist that I met with, is she, how's her progress in uncovering yeah, the Gemeinschaft? She's noted that there, she noted for a while that there was a great deal of corruption going on there, that obviously members of the upper echelons were covering stuff up. Uh, she linked, uh, she had a pretty good strong, was it she? Yeah, she had a, a pretty strong link with Germanschaft that um, a lot of money had gone to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, just rumors that they've got to be up to something. There's a you know movement there. there they've always been a political movement trying to ultimately overthrow the, the government. They're neo Nazis, right? Well, you know, while we were recovering, I uh, jot a note to her in Berlin, uh, so that she's aware, perhaps, if she's not already, of the connection to the Slava group. Um, because one good turn deserves another, and you know, hopefully, we'll see her again. Is there, huh, is the cholera outbreak specific to Leningrad? Yes, St. Petersburg. Yeah, concentrated in certain neighborhoods, or um, here and there throughout the city. Nobody's quite sure where it's originating. But people have had to been hospitalized, and it's actually a fairly simple thing to treat. But uh, it can be pretty rough, you know. Everybody gets diarrhea. Fortunately, you guys haven't. You've been unaffected. One other nice thing about staying in fancy digs. Sure. <clears throat> it is an odd thing, even for for this. Were there other things you wanted to look into while you were here in Leningrad? Well, we want to go back to the uh, church and, and see if we can meet. Right. Um, while you're bishop. waiting for that, was there anything else you wanted to try and look up? Plenty uh, of bottled water. I don't want the shits. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be curious, you know, I'll ask our Russian speakers, but I'll also follow the, you know, uh, German papers that come here. If there's any other sort of event parallel to a cholera outbreak in Moscow, if there's some, you know, recent spate of crime or illness or missing persons or suicides or anything else that seems worth reporting on. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's political leaders here and there. There's military leaders that are in the newspaper lately. Um, the general tension of the average person is, has gotten higher. Um, you have run across a couple of references to Slava and, um, after doing a little looking around, they're not so secret as you had first thought. Um, they present themselves as a political group uh, that's been around for a while. And basically they are um, uh, pro-Czarist. Pro they would like very much for things to go back the way they were before communism. Um, and they're trying to they're trying to do it all in legitimate means, you know, um, but they seem to have a lot of, you know, influence and money. 
Um, they have a headquarters, uh, but it's not here. It's in Moscow. And uh, but they they have an, a, a they have a surprising amount of political influence. There's a lot of people in Russia that really thought that communism was a failure, and that things were better. You know, back when the Tsar was in power. Um, so they would all like that to happen again. Plus, they have support from countries all over the world with all of the diaspora from the you know the people that fled Russia. When the when the communist revolution came, uh, that's at least what they. I mean, that's what all you find that that's what they're reporting to be. It is worth people maybe looking into Slava uh, when we get to Moscow. Uh, I could even use my disguising abilities to uh, infiltrate a little bit. Although, again, if anybody is going to be re uh, recognized, you are perhaps most at risk. I am, but as long as uh, I actually get my head out of the gutter and my, uh, my master of disguise, yeah. uh, I, well, play, I might be okay. I, I have to say, I, have, I am still weary, but having defeated one of these incarnations... I feel less hopeless now than I have for some time. I feel we, fire, don't you? Like I feel on fire afterward. I feel less terrified and miserable. That might be the same as on fire. I, I don't know. I guess. I guess it is the way. Uh, usually after a victory like that, I would pour everyone a shot of vodka and we talk, but not with Eckhart around, not with Ingolf. We cannot be doing that with him around. One of the names that does come up quite a bit now in the newspaper um, is uh, a general uh, uh, in the Russian military. He's uh, General Strelkov. Um, he's in this, uh, colonel in the Soviet. He was a colonel in the Soviet uh, Air Force. Um, he's coming to prominence. So you're starting to see his name in the newspaper. Um, there is concern for a buildup of military that's going on, you know, but uh, the response from the military is, you know, that's, we're here to make sure everybody is safe and, but other groups are quite concerned Do you think that <clears throat> there could be any more research um, while we're here that could be done on death magic or that black tome that we've recently learned about? Or do you think we've exhausted those ends? And John, I know that's kind of your domain. Well, no, there was the one fellow that I met at the, um, at the library who put me onto this uh, Westlake character in the first place. Mm -hmm. And mentioned about death magic, so I'm I'm guessing they might know something. But it was, I was quite wary of prodding them in case they ended up working for someone that was very right. counter to uh, to us. But as all those elements seem to have gone now in town, hopefully along with the incarnate, then maybe it might be safer to approach them now. There are, I mean, just like anywhere else in the world, there are occult groups 
you know, everywhere. Some are more right. open than others. Have we explored any of the local, like, occult shops and stores, things like that? Not particularly. Let us I, down this path in the first place a bit. I, I have considered, you know, we've certainly, I've certainly had correspondence with booksellers uh, in esoterica in various places, but the ongoing problem of identity has so far, and urgency, has kind of interfered with that so far. Since we're leaving town, it might not be insane to uh, see if I can look into a, an esoteric bookshop, give a false name. Right. And You know, uh, it may not be a terrible idea if we could plant a seed, I don't know, between all of us with contacts that we've been cited far away from here, maybe still in Germany or France or something like that. Give us the impression, give the impression that we're on the move, but away from Russia, we could maybe plant that seed. Right. Yes. I do think that, um, yes, we could do that. I wonder if one of my foreign bookseller friends, somebody in Belgium or France would be willing to, um, you know, accept a fax of a blurry photograph and then, yeah, let it slip. It's worth a try. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind having, you know, if, if Interpol cares, and presumably they do, wouldn't mind spreading a little falsity. Um, it's definitely like, something that, that uh, Petra could assist with. She's got connections. Yeah. I'll see what I can do in, on that front for sure. Did you have a thought, Andre? Well, uh, I know, I'm not the only ex-KGB around. I, uh, we, I keep in contact with a couple via ghost, little ghost uh, messages, I guess. It's how we keep in contact after we've disappeared. Because we can't go face to face, otherwise we might get... Um, but I could use some of them. Maybe I can try and get a ghost message out. And maybe they can create a, a ghost trap, if you say. Anyway, if, if you or John were to accidentally reveal or, you know, overplay your hand, at least we'd have multiple sources putting us in different places, which adds to confusion, if nothing else. Yes. I'm pretty sure one of my ex-KGB friends is, uh, was last sighted in England, so that would be uh, rather, it would be rather uh, a good yeah, diversion. A, a couple of us are known to speak English, so it wouldn't be absurd that we had gotten there. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Uh, so perhaps uh, after we see the Dark Bishop, uh, and have made plans to, to go to Moscow. I'll see what the most promising. I mean, I guess I can visit occult shops in the meantime, but given that they'll mostly be carrying things in a language I don't speak, it's hard to be very efficient. Hey, I could case a couple joints uh, with Andre and see what has the biggest selection in German and English occult materials, just, you know, this death magic subject is something that I don't yeah, have anyone here to talk to about. I could disguise myself as a, a famous bookseller. I don't know. 
<laughs> or a tour guide. Yeah. For a little less flair. That is true. I might draw a bit more attention if I pretend to be someone famous. All right. So a few days have gone by. And um, what did you want to do about the bishop? Were you going to go there and see? Well, our friend, uh, Dmitry Nesterov, told us that he would be, that Bishop, Bishop Chizanko would be back in a few days. So I think, yeah, just visiting. And at an hour, we expect to be between services. Okay. So uh, are you all going to go? Yes. Why not? All right. Um, you travel to, I think, St. John's Church. Um, St. John's Church is. Uh, no, yeah, okay, it was St. John's Church. Um, you head to St. John's Church, and uh, there are uh, services had let out earlier. And you go into the church, you recognize that you've been there a couple of times. Um, you don't see Nestor off in his usual spot. Um, you come inside, and eventually you get the attention of one of the priests. And uh, he comes over and he says, yes, can I help you with something? Don't all rush at once. Have to caught your tongue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he realizes you don't understand Russian all of a sudden. So he says it in German. Um, can I help you with something? I then speak in Russian just to confuse him. <laughs> Oh, you need um, to unmute. Hello, am I fine? No, I was yeah, not hear you. Yeah, um, uh, we were hoping to see the bishop, uh, Chizenko. We we met him before and he invited us back, but he recently has been out of town. And we are leaving soon. This, unfortunately, and, Bishop Chizenko seems to have been called away for some reason. Um uh, he was here for uh, just a very short period. Uh, he packed up his things and uh, and has vanished. Uh, we don't know exactly where he's going. He was called away by the church. You mean? We don't honestly know what what called him away. Um, it seems like he left under his own volition, but uh, nobody seems to know what's up. He didn't have any, uh, there was no place to send any effects he left behind or? None at all. Um, he's, he's, he's never done this before, but he's, he does occasionally travel around his, you know, the circuit of churches, but he always tells somebody where he's going. In this case, he uh, came in rather abruptly. Um, he, uh, he grabbed the icon painter as well, uh, Nesterov. Nesterov. And uh, Nesterov assisted him uh, in carrying his trunks out to the car, and they uh, drove off. I'm not sure to where. It, it might have something to do with the recent attacks. Um, there was, you know, the, the, the communists are not exactly friendly towards the uh, religious. And uh, although it, it seems... 
it seems they leave us alone for a while. They always want to make it sure that they that we know that they're in charge. Um, they could have transferred him somewhere, or um, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, the clergyman was placed in prison. I'm sorry, but I, I don't know when he'll be back. Of course, how could you? Um, well, uh, thank you for your, for your time. Uh, it's a pity that Nestroff is gone too. Uh, I'm sure that the bishop, um, when he has um, the opportunity, will, will be in touch with us again. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks okay. and yeah. whatever. You people do. <clears throat> well, on the street, I, that doesn't sound like a coincidence. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Now, do you do you think that she is avoiding us, or do you feel that the agents of Jagidiel have a long reach? I don't think he's avoiding us. He might be anticipating us in Moscow or somewhere else. Or he might, uh, right, he might be uh, responding to some counterattack that we don't have any understanding of. That doesn't seem unreasonable. As much as anything here seems reasonable. So um, uh, given that our you know, would-be mentors cut loose, uh, Petra, maybe uh, are making some calls. Look for a place in Moscow, and um, uh, maybe Andre and I will do our uh, occult bookshop run. Maybe Eckhart should look ahead to Moscow. Well, I don't know where exactly I'd be looking. Uh, well, we could see if there's a headquarters for Slava. Yeah. Uh, they've got a public address. Yeah, there is. I bet it's just going to be the cousin of that thing we saw at the Gemeinschaft building, though. Well, if I mean, if it has an address, I'll take a look at it. Um, and then, Miller, you can watch him and make sure he doesn't start any reasoning. Yeah, then once once he's finished and uh, he can watch over me when I, I can always try and track down our painter, if he is human, uh, see if he dreams, then I can hopefully mm. find out where he's got to. Now, since you've been teaching me about dreaming, is there some way we can combine that? Well, yeah, well, we, we can link each other's dreams with the, the art of dreaming we've been taught. Either one of us can pull the other one in, uh, depending on who gets there first, and then either pull the rest in or do what we need to do together. So, yeah, we've got options. Good. Well, I'll, I'll trust you to be the lead. It's still all mysterious to me. Um, can't find, but they did definitely do give an, a headquarters for Slava. It's in an old palace, uh, I think right on the, the river. How apt for the czarists. Yeah. So All right. Will... So, oh, and just a. Uh... On your way back from the from the from the bookstores, uh, I mentioned this before, but I'll it's worth stating again. Uh, we are out of vodka, somehow, somehow. 
going to give Andre an aneurysm. Calm down, Ingolf. Ingolf, we are out of vodka. I I downed the last well, I didn't down the last one. There's only a drop left, but I drank the last drop of the last bottle. I am not buying you anymore. If I see you with a bottle, I am slapping it out of your hand. I am getting you sober. You are not ending up like me. You have got many years ahead of you. I am nearly a 60-year-old man. You are a young boy. You can get this. You can kick this off. You don't want to go down that rabbit hole. All right. So some of you are going to go look into the occult bookstores. Yes, me and Dietrich. As you... um. As you are spending your day looking in through the occult literature, um, you're finding a lot of just inane stuff that you've run across before. Um, there's probably some of those dreaming books by uh, um, Philip, what's his name, and uh, Kramer. Kramer. And uh, the uh, proprietor. He he says to you, so you're you're interested in magic. I um yeah, my friend here is a bit more interested than I am, but yes. Well, there are different levels of magic. Uh most of the stuff, you know, is uh just make believe. In order to get into the heavy stuff. You have to start looking in more dangerous places. Um, There are a number of organizations that, you know, that have and keep secrets. Um, You, there, you know, there are, there are Satanist groups and various, and let me, let me show you my, uh, my little collection. And uh, he's got like a back room, and uh, and in the back room, what he's got is he's got some bookshelves. Uh, most of the books on his bookshelves are not books; they're things that have been copied, uh, you know, with a mimeograph or a, a Xerox, uh, and then stapled together. He says, you know, there's, as I say, there's different schools of magic. I'm personally very interested in in concepts of time and space. Uh, But there are are a few really well-written pieces that you might be interested in. Um, And he hands you a few things to look at. Uh, They're mostly filled with diagrams and with... uh, you know, almost alien-esque languages. And, uh, I'd like to try to use my magical intuition on his collection and see if anything speaks to me. Okay. Because that might be more important than what language it's in. Yes. I'll leave it all to you, Dietrich. <laughs> I am but a, a peasant when it comes to this kind of thing. Just uh, magical tuition. So I rolled an eight and a four. Is there an addition to that? It's been so long since I've used anything. It'll be plus soul, probably. Plus soul. That makes sense. So that's uh, 15. Okay. 
Um, yeah, you find a couple of these that when you're looking at them, at least it seems more scholarly. It's more, uh, it, it just, just doesn't just seem like nonsense that somebody's putting things together. Um, you look at the author on one of the books, and it's Nigel Harcombe. Uh, okay, that's worth picking up. Uh, Andre, ask him if he knows anything about this author. What uh, What do you know about uh, this author, Harcombe? Oh, Harcombe? Yes. Um, that's one of his aliases. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whatever. Well, I mean, and he he looks around, make sure nobody's hearing. The man said has an unusual knowledge in certain fields of magic, mostly death magic. Um, he's written a number of things like this that you can only find, uh, you know, usually word of mouth. There's occasionally stuff that shows up uh, on uh, bulletin boards, you know, on your computer. Um, things that you have to really know what you're going to, to, to look for it and find it. Um, but he's a, he's a wanted man. I mean, I'm sure that they want him all over the place because death magic usually involves sacrifice of some sort. People have gone missing, you know, and uh, it explains his multiple personas. I'd say that he's probably one of the best uh, respected and and well known among those people who are really interested in magic. Uh, Oh, he is a powerful man to know, and not someone you would want to. he is a dangerous man to know. I'm sure that's, that's the about, case. He's something that you don't want to get on the wrong side of, I guess. <laughs> uh. Is there... Uh, ask him if he knows if there are um, texts uh, texts regarding defense from death magic, or... Oh, I'll just translate, please. <laughs> well, the problem with any of the schools of magic and it's this kind of, I mean, unless you, I, what do you know about magic? Do you know anything about the theory behind it? Uh, I, you can tell him that I've been studying it in an academic way for many years. Mm. Uh, well, the problem, even in studying it in an academic manner, is magic isn't quite the same for every single person. Um, we tend to think, you know, from literature that, uh, you know, you find a magic spell in a book, you read the magic spell and magic happens. Yeah, but no. the, the truth is, is it's really something inside of you that your focus unlocks. So if Nigel Harcombe's death magic is manifested, unless you were Nigel and understood how the magic is happening, I'm not sure that you could defend against it. It's 
you would somehow have to have come up with, you know, the counter to what his soul is best just to avoid it. I mean, I'd kind of, I'd shake his hand if I met him. I'd, I'd, I'd be a little scared. If magic worked like science, we would call it science and everyone right, would have exactly. a, a magic tap in the kitchen and they would turn on good luck and turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, we certainly want to get this text. Uh, and is there anything other in this interesting Samas.library that is related? Well, the thing is, is that this is my only copy. Um, mm-hmm. And these things aren't really published, but by, I'll tell you, I mean, you can, you can make a copy of it. Yeah, well, I'll happily pay to, yeah, to do so. All right. We, um, I, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to avoid meeting this Harkon at some point. Yes. <laughs> um, well, good luck we have, finding him. I'm afraid he might find us. Yes, we have, may have crossed paths, not physically, but for other people. Oh, that's yeah. why you're asking about some sort of defense. You've done something to piss him off. It's not hard to anger uh, people who are power mad. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to leave my shop. And he suddenly avoids looking you in the face. He says, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've got a wife and kids. I can't risk I can't risk assisting you in any way. Please. I do have the advantage of crafty. Should I try that? Or should I just... I don't think we need the text. Maybe I'll just leave the poor fellow alone. What do you think? Why don't you, yeah. What, what do you want to do with crafty? Um, you know, it allows me to use manipulation on people. You know, I could, could say, I could say maybe the best thing since we've unfortunately contaminated the shop is I'll take the text away with us and then he won't have any reason to be angry. But I, I kind of want to get a sense of I mean, I'm not sure we need the text, um, and I'm not I'll sure. I'll tell you what, you can try, you'd roll for crafty. And if you if you pass it well enough, then you'll pretend to put the book back, but you'll slip it into your, slip it under your shirt. Because uh, he's not looking directly at you. He's purposefully not looking at you. Uh, that's uh, 13, because my intuition is not as strong as my soul. Okay. Yeah, you you've. He's not really giving you the opportunity to do that. But you do get the impression that what he's afraid of is that if Harcomb is after you, yeah. Harcomb will be able to see him through you, and then he'll be next on the list. So, yeah. so we're just going to yeah. apologize and we'll leave quietly. Okay. Well, that could have gone better, Dietrich, but I don't think we could have avoided <laughs> Yeah, there are other shops in town, so and uh, but also it's true what he says. I don't know that. Well, maybe we'll look for some materials when we get to Moscow in a in a network that is not as timid. Well, at least it cemented one thing: Harkom is a dangerous man. We already kind of knew that he might right. be, but we know also that there. Oh, what do we have a name for that text? Um, there wasn't really a title. 
It was just... Uh, we know he's we got know, published works that we can look for. And uh, he uses multiple aliases as well. So. I know one of them, but yeah. And that he's a murderer and a, a, a fratricide. And a uh, known and wanted by most agencies around the world, basically. Well, and you also know from from Ingalls, was it Ingalls stream? No, it was it was John stream that he knew the three Russians too, and they were death magicians as well. So we just got to take it easy, Dietrich, and hope for the best. All right. So I will assume too that you've all secured um, train tickets, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how far Leningrad is from Moscow. I've probably says in here. <laughs> I think it's only about an hour's drive. I don't know. Look on a map. <laughs> yeah, I'd maybe like to. Few, maybe it's um, a few hours drive. Secure our lodgings in Moscow, something nice. Okay. And I'd like to pull whatever strings I have to start planting the seeds. It's of seven, seven hours. Seven oh, okay. hours by car. Sorry, sorry, Peck. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, planting the seeds of rumor and doubt. And actually, instead of, if possible, instead of um, having a sighting of all of us, oh, you know, they're, they're over there in, in Berlin, I would like to spread us out across Europe. Um, so I'm going to try to say that John was last seen at a nightclub in Prague, Ingloff mooning over a book in Paris, Dietrich sipping coffee in Brussels, Dieter lurking in an alley in Portugal, and myself recruiting the vulnerable in Yugoslavia. So it'll be more difficult to pin us down. And then I will also have the same with my with my friend in England, doing different sightings of each of us in yes, separate exactly. other countries. Okay, that sounds like an effective uh, blanket. So, what's your next move? We go to. We said Ingolf and John. We kind of sent them, gave them a mission of uh, scouting beforehand. You um, Did Dietrich and um, Andre? Did you want to dissuade them from that after learning more about Harcon or? I think we were going to do it while you guys were out. So yeah, so we wouldn't know. That's fair. So what you do learn, you do learn a lot about the concept of different schools of magic. Um, and death ma magic is considered by most to be the most dangerous of all of the magic schools. Um, it has to do with contacting the dead. It has to do with being able to move between the realms of the living and the realms of the dead. Uh, what you also find is that most of the what would be called a powerful magician they kind of dedicate their time and their efforts their whole lives to the study of that magic so it's kind of unusual that you'd find them running around unless they have some mission 
they'd most likely be in their safe place in their temple. And uh, their safe place, their temple, would be in some place that's quite secluded so that they can have peace and quiet while they're studying and performing their red rituals and learning more of their stuff. So as a result, you can't actually track down Harkon as to where he is. Uh, the other name that you got, uh, that was probably his original name, Harkon, that must be an alias. And there's probably other aliases too, because he's very careful um, to make sure uh, that he's not found. Now, your guess also would be is that at some point he was in Berlin because you saw him with the Russians as friends. Um, you might even guess that under the, those circumstances, he was part of the Slavic Association, uh, which they were all part of. Uh, but then the heat came on, so he had to go from there ultimately probably to East Berlin and then eventually to Russia to keep away from the, the police. But where he is now, who knows? Or if he's involved in any of this, who knows? All right, so you've, you've secured air, an area in Russia, in, uh, in Moscow. Uh, you're going to travel to Moscow. Couple of different train routes. Yeah, Petra, I would. I, I sort of think it might be better if we rented a townhouse rather than had a hotel, because I want to see as few possible squealers as we can. That's a good and idea. I, I think my goal for Moscow anyway is to, uh, in, uh, at least infiltrate a bit of the Slava HQ just to get a bit more information. Me being Russian and having the natural accent, I might be easier to get on their side than you for. Let me, let, I mean, let me spy on it safely, safely from a distance first. Yes, oh, yes I definitely want there. you to do it before. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him to make sure he doesn't go woogie and okay. go through it. Are you doing this once you're in Moscow? I thought this is before we left. Yeah, this is oh, yeah. before you left. So while while Diedrich and Andre and Petra have been off doing things. Oh, okay. So where is it you're trying to see into? The Slava headquarters. Okay. In Moscow. Um, you can probably find pictures of it. Um, you know what building it's sort of in. Go ahead. You can you can do your. And that is 15. All right. So with forbidden inspiration, yeah, I will choose to look uh, to see through the illusion to a place of my choice. And that will be slot pipe. Okay. And you, what did you get? What did you want? A 15. Oh, okay. That's perfect. So you find yourself mentally in Moscow and you're in front of a large building that was at, so at one point a palace, uh, probably 
uh, associated with uh, somebody, some noble person. Uh, the building itself is quite beautiful. Lots of marble of different colors, um, paintings on the wall. And once you're inside the building, there's definitely a regal feel to it that uh, these are people who embrace the idea of going back to Tsarism, so having the Tsar once again rule the Russian Empire. And so you see a lot of portraits and paintings on the wall of um, old, you know, probably pre-Tsarist uh, nobles. Um, and they kind of went all out on the regalia. I mean, you don't see a general that doesn't have medals all over them, you know, and uh, you know, epaulets with uh, gold braids. And um, the people who are working there, and there's quite a few of them, um, they're dressed somewhat ordinary, but uh, they also tend to act in a very disciplined and uh, mili almost military feeling look to them. Um, they're quite proud of what they're doing. Uh, you're surprised at the colors. There's there's a lot of you know, bright colors, the uh, the gold and the the pinks and the aqua blues, and it's it's kind of you know almost fantasy like the uh, the environment, like a big birthday cake. Um, the people seem to be engaged in pretty much normal pursuits going back and forth. Uh, there is a doctor. Uh, he seems rather cordial, walking back and forth, chatting with people. But there's kind of a darkness around him. You do notice that. It looks like they're setting up for a party or something that could be coming up in the next few days. Um, you, you walk through the building and you don't really find anything that unusual. You see, um, you see a sign though, as you move up the stairs, uh, that says something about, um, let's see if I can find it. Uh, something about uh, they're using the upper stairs as a sort of a medical facility. It's a research of wartime trauma disorders. Uh, it's the foundation for the research of wartime trauma disorders. Uh, you see people at their desks doing paperwork. And it seems like part of the building towards the back is medical. Um, there's... Uh, you know, white rooms with uh, medical tables and things like that, like doctor's offices. Uh, but other than that, you don't really see anything weird or unusual. There's definitely a darkness to some of it, but nothing, nothing so covert as a gigantic monster lurking about. Okay. So fast forwarding to when me and teacher arrived. All right. So at this point, you guys are heading for Moscow. All right. 
you arrive yes. in Moscow, it's a it's a rather lovely town. Um, lots of beautiful big churches with golden domes on the tops of them. You find your hotel; it's a very nice hotel. And you are now established in uh, in Moscow. What do you want to do? I've got time uh-huh. to sleep on the train on the way down there. Sure. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to spy on this uh, Westlake fella, or whatever alias you want to, uh, to give him Harcombe, Westler, Jonathan Westlake, etc. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a nap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see if um, if I can pull Deirdre in, depending on what I find. Okay. Um, you find yourself as you as you drift into into sleep. Um, it feels at first like you're still in Germany in Berlin, but there is a door that's in front of you that you're you're willing it to link into wherever this Harcomb might be. You step through it and you find yourself in a deserted sort of um, industrial area. It looks like you're in the industrial area. It's sometime in the early, early evening. Uh, so the only lights are on these, you know, machine towers and things like that that are around you. Um, but there's nobody around. There's no workers or anything like that. And you get the feeling that uh, that there's something sort of pulling you towards a, a warehouse area, a building that's next to it. Um, this would certainly be a fairly secluded, quiet place. Um, in fact, you see a lot of evidence that this area is, in fact, abandoned, even though there are some lights on. Lights are probably mostly for security, but these 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 buildings don't look like they've been used in a while. Uh, if there's equipment around, it's rusted and it's not not being used. So an abandoned industrial area. You start uh, moving towards the building, and you notice a couple of young guys. Uh, you say they're probably in their twenties. Uh, they're dressed all in black, and they just seem to be on either side of a door, uh, like they're just there in case somebody shows up. Uh, but they're dressed the same, so you'd think cultists. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not sure if they can see you or not. A mannequin time. Okay. Um. They don't seem to react to, oh, you're going to turn them into mannequins? Yeah. Ah, Okay, that's what you're going to do. Go ahead and roll for that. Ooh, so 12 plus my four in soul, 16. All right. Both of them suddenly freeze in place. They look the same, but they've they've become stiff and and unmoving. As you approach Um, the door, however... I was going to say, call in Dietrich at this point if he isn't. Okay, there. you pulled Dietrich in. Um, do you have to? You have to roll for that, right? Uh, yeah, because it's still using Art of Dreaming. So this will be even better. And uh, ten plus five plus four, nineteen. 
Very nice. So you pull Dietrich in. Dietrich, we don't know where you were before, but you're suddenly standing next to John. You're, you're so dumbfounded it's, and it's, shocked. You're, yeah. yeah. I, oh, there's my voice. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm snapping on the train. How long? How long have you been here? Uh, not very long. Just enough to take out the uh, take out the two guards. But I've got an impression oh. that he's over that way. Well, what do we want to say if we, if he's in there? Are we using the dreaming to f- locate him in the real world, or are we? Well, this depends on what he's dreaming about. I Meaning, if he's dreaming about here, then this might be somewhere that is connected with him in the real world. Are there windows? What's that? What's it look? Does it, are we on the shore? Are we? These you're you're near the shore. These look like uh, big warehouses. So there's there's like little windows way up high to let in some light, but no windows down down this level. There's Looks some good. big. Big industrial doors and some smaller doors, but does it uh, seem contemporary or is he dreaming yeah. about? Okay, I mean, it looks like this might have been built in the Stalinist era, but uh, there are four uh, you get, and you, right, you, you still get the impression that it's abandoned. Doesn't mm. look like there's any active stuff going on here. Um, does it is there any uh, like over what writing sound or scent like a machine that's on or like there's been dried blood or oil or fire um there's no machinery going off anywhere that you can hear um i suppose it just sort of maybe there might be a little bit of petrol smell in the air uh but there's you know stained concrete in places yeah, normal like that. industrial space yeah okay. and but nothing that seems active there are places where you can see between the buildings and a bit of landscape beyond it um and it looks like the city uh city is over in that direction uh but it's far enough away that uh but you don't you can't really tell what city it is. Anyways, as you're walking around, you the door where these two uh, cultists or guards were standing. Um you come so up so tempting to, to knock them over, but it would mm-hmm. make noise, so I'm just not gonna do it. Uh you come up to the door and for lack of a better way of saying it, there is an invisible barrier. You reach for the door and it sort of shimmers for a moment and pushes your hand away and you can't quite get to the the doorknob. Uh, you see if we can use Art of Dreaming to move the door about six foot to one side. See if that okay. circumvents the barrier. Um, yeah, go ahead. Dice are getting a little bit less on my side. Uh, eight plus it, three, eleven if, plus four, fifteen. Right, and if I'm aiding you, that just you get my plus three soul. Uh, you need to make a separate roll to see whether you actively help or hinder. Oh, okay. Well, you seem to have done well, and I just got here, so I'll just hold hold it in reserve. Um, the door. Um vibrates you know like something's pulling on it uh and it begins to move away and there's kind of a pattern 
to the way that it vibrates as you're pulling it away, and then it stops, and then the pattern goes in reverse as it goes right back to the same spot. And you suddenly notice the two mannequins turn back into people, and they blink for a moment, and they look at you, and they say, who the hell are you? Couple of dreamers, aren't aren't you dreaming? Well, unless you're initiates, you need to leave now. Oh, initiates, and do the hand wave and remannequinize. Okay, go ahead and roll. Initiates <laughs> should be able to do that. Oh, sadly, that's a nine. Oh boy. Since your Jedi mind tricks don't work. <laughs> These are the droids you're looking for. Oh, shit. No. We're the droids. Um, uh, one of them reaches into his little, whatever they are, robes and pulls out a gun and points it at you. And he says, you need to leave. You sure that's a gun and not a banana? I think it's a banana. Uh, Ten. No, hang on. Uh, six plus two is eight. Twelve. Okay. Um, it shimmers for a moment, but it just goes right back to being a gun. And uh, no, apparently it is a gun, not a banana. The one, the one guy says, "You know, they're trying to fuck with us." And so the other guy also pulls out a gun, and uh, they're going to fire. Do you guys want leave? to just, yeah? Yeah, wake up. Bink. Yeah, uh, either wake up or use Dreamer to get the hell out into a different dream, whichever. Okay. Um, well, just, just for the sake of it, let's say that you guys wake up. And you wake up as you hear him firing the gun. You hear that like this. And as you wake up, there's thunder outside that's rolling across the sky. So it seems like your brain... Has picked up on the noise. Light oh, rain us, is is falling outside. Gives us an idea potentially of where he might be, but that's kind of disturbing if he has protection against dream magics. Yeah, if he's good, if he's yeah got good um, boundaries as a dreamer, and we have to chase him across the boundary from life into death. Yeah, that's uh, troubling. Although there were just two of us and we could try to circumvent things more carefully. Mm-hmm. Next time, maybe we'll just look and not barge in. Uh, I felt like at the very last second, I saw a tiny skinless banana come out of one of the guns. <laughs> Um, okay, so we'll assume then the next morning you wake up. Um, that was yeah. We were, well, that was on the train. So we're we're. Oh, that was on the train. All right. So you arrive in Moscow. Uh, you move your stuff into the hotel. Uh, what's your first? Well, your for okay. Your townhouse. Uh, your first order of business now that you're in Moscow. How risky is it to start looking into Harkon? Through through conventional means, not dream magic. I suspect that. What do you think, uh, as an as an expert in uh, information, Andre? Did that bookseller 
send a message to Harkon in an attempt to ingratiate him? I don't think so. The man... He just wants to stay out of his business. The guy wants to stay out because if he sends a message to uh, Harkon, then that still puts his family at risk. Because for all all we know is Harkon will then just send a guy to kill him. So, yeah, I don't think there's any real-world concern. That's how I was. Uh, well, that's how we would do it anyway. <laughs> um, I definitely am going to pursue the Slava from what you have told us in Ghost. I think I can risk it a little bit. I won't push it because I will be going by myself. I'm not going to just push. I'm just going to have a cursory look around Chatham. I know some of the old Tsarist ways, the old salute and stuff like that, so. Well, Andre, you have enough uh, personality quirks. You could try to pass yourself off as a veteran looking into their That's with my research, answer. their wartime trauma. That's with my plan, as long as my Master of Disguise works this time. And I have put, I have been uh, progressing my abilities into it. So hopefully it will. Hell, I don't know what that, what you were doing when you were... Well, for God's sake, take some take some of this money and buy yourself a decent look, please, a convincing look. I I am going. Well, when when I get to go out, out, Andre, I am going to use my chameleon, but I'm not going to do it yet because basically my my chameleon lasts as long as I stay in character if I succeed. My question is. In using those abilities, all you really are trying to do is not look like Andre Vyshenko, correct? Uh, yes. yes, pretty much. And um, you're not you. attempting to look like a member of Slava and get in the building because that probably won't work. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they're going to know their people. Just someone who I disguise myself as someone who's not Andre who may look like someone they would talk to more than just if I was looking well, like well, listen, well I assume that you're gonna do some you know you're gonna you know be careful and you're gonna do your research. So in the process of preparing for that sort of thing, uh you realize that um that Slava itself is uh, I mean, it's publicly known. The people know about it. It's not a secret organization. Um, once again, they're just a political group that is, you know, kind of pro-Czarist. Nobody really bothers them. There's people in the, you know, there's people either way that are going to write articles in the newspaper about, you know, they're good people and people are going to say they're anti-communist, we are bad people, and so forth. You realize that, uh, it's bigger than you thought that it was. There's hundreds of thousands of people across Russia and other countries that are very interested in the idea of reestablishing Tsarist Russia. Um, and you think that there are, uh, you know, probably tens of thousands in Moscow alone. This is the the, the headquarters. Um, you find out that there has been a recent change of leadership in the comp in the in Slava, 
uh, was originally and for quite a long time uh, run by a Colonel Leskov, who you might actually even sort of recognize the name, you know, from your past. Um, but now it's uh, General uh, Strelkov who has uh, taken over leadership of the organization. Um, do a, a read the situation. What does it read the situation? Observe the situation. Observe, observe, situation. observe the situation. Fifteen. Okay. So there are some hard dates and there are some very ambiguous pieces of information. When people are writing about this General Strelkov, it'll say things like he worked his way up through the ranks of the military in the Air Force but it'll never say he was originally stationed at such and such or anything like that. He's come to Providence and really the only first solid evidence of his existence where he starts showing up in the newspapers is the same day that you guys killed the three Russians. But he has the backing of the military, and he is uh, a very, very powerful person. And nobody seems to be questioning that he seems to have appeared out of nowhere. I guess in, in Andre's head, it will be just people will follow whoever they follow. Hello. You also can't find any reference to where he's stationed. It is unusual for such a high. Yeah. Very unusual. Like extremely unusual. Um, yeah, I told you Slava's headquarters is a, a sort of a palace yeah. right on the, uh, on the uh, old palace. Um. It seems like it's a large enough organization that they wouldn't be able, they, they might not know, you know, it, it's a place that you might be able to infiltrate, but you'd have to infiltrate them through sort of a legitimate means. What are the rest of you guys doing in the meantime? Start looking into um, Harcon. Okay. Conventionally. Um, you find that nobody knows where Harcom's where Harcom is. I mean, the mill the 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 KGB is looking for him. Mm -hmm. uh, but they they haven't been able to locate right. him. The police are looking for him in multiple countries. Uh, so he's very elusive. Uh, he does occasionally put out uh, a paper. Like I see, there's occasionally stuff on, there's bits and pieces on like bulletin boards on mm -hmm. the internet. This, this new Usenet that we have heard. 
it's probably a fad. Certainly. Uh, it would be interesting to find out when Jonathan Westlake disappeared and if Harkon has any other known aliases. Aliases, yeah. And if we can find, if we if we can manage, you know, to get a modem connected to a Moscow telephone line and <laughs> bleep, bloop, bloop, yeah. uh, some, some death magic tome, it might be worth studying. Um, and since we've got a private invest- townhouse. You can do an investigation roll. Fourteen. That's good. Um, so the the first name, the one that you think Harcombe's original name was, the only references to that are in England. Okay. Yeah. And that at some point he left, and then. Uh, various names begin to show up uh, in uh, in uh, Berlin, in East Berlin, and then here in Russia, which Harkom is here in Russia. Um, but Harkom might be not his latest name. You're just, you're just not sure. That's what he was last known as in this town. All right. So this, I'm going to say a lot of this takes a while for you to Mm -hmm. gather this information. Um, There is a moment, let's say Ingolf, when you are trying to look into some of this information, you're probably looking through books, you're trying to find out a little bit more about death magic and so forth. And once again, rather oddly, as you are in the stacks of a library looking through things, um, a woman uh, comes down your aisle, starts walking towards you, and she gives you a smile, just sort of a polite smile. And as she passes you, she reaches out and she puts a piece of paper in your hand and then keeps going. And by the time you, you realize what's happened and you go to look for her, she's not there. I'm looking at the paper. What is it? It's got a message. It's handwritten. It says, uh, it says, uh, it's an address. Uh, it says Sokol Pivnya Tostogo Alaskaya 23. It's an address. And that's it. Well, last time this happened to one of us, we found some useful information. Um, if I pull up a, a map or a phone book or something and look at this address. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, look at, uh, you look it up on the uh, old internet, which is called you know, 
a book. <laughs> and it it looks like it's a um it's a beer hall. Hmm. Perfect. So what do you do? Do you go back and tell the others or do you? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back and tell them. Okay. I will leave out the fact that it's a beer hall, but I'll tell them I got an address. Okay. So that afternoon or so, you guys are all back together, and Ingolf tells you about the weird encounter he had with a strange person in a library. Does this often happen to you that just strange people come up and make contact like this? No. It's only happened twice now. I was just wondering if it even happened before all this started, uh, before all this kicked off. Just as your your life as a high-profile writer finally uh, led to some weird and interesting stuff happening. It's less like journalism and more like espionage. Yeah, I mean, the last time I saw random people, um, doctors gave me medication for that. So this seems a little different, though, because I have a paper. Doesn't look like your handwriting. Sokol Pythia Olestica 23. Probably a madhouse. Probably just a recommendation for a madhouse. Um, there's no hour or anything. Nothing. So we're still fairly early in the day. We go at least. Yeah. I mean, we can at least go by the place. Scope it out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm back at this point as well. So Mm -hmm. from my research, uh... it might be somewhat stereotypical, but normally bad shit tends to happen at night. So if we go in the day, then hopefully they won't be ready for us. Hmm. Since you guys have Good all idea. had an eventful, seems like you have all had an eventful morning. Harkon is a ghost. It's just really difficult to find any kind of information on him. Kind of appropriate for a death magician being a ghost. Yes, uh, I have some worrying issues. Uh, well. The previous leader was replaced by a man called Strokov, who was originally, uh, he's basically a ghost. He appeared on the day that uh, the three, you get to where I'm going. Yeah, that's not worrying news at all, actually. That's very heartening news. It means that we have an idea about where uh, one of these incarnations landed. The problem is we do not, considering he is a high-class general, even if I reached out to my KGB ex KGB friends, he's he'd be he's a ghost. Like he he has nowhere station. Right. We he's probably weren't going to be fighting him in person anyway, though. No. Right? no but the Isn't other it? issue is his backing. He's got a massive mili- military backing. He's very influential with that in such a short time and. I am working in my head a way to 
infiltrate because it is possible and it is a one-man job to infiltrate i think but not only a cursory infiltration not a full-on infiltration but i think with some of my expertise my ex-expertise kgb agent i should be able to pull it off as long as i work out the extreme details maybe with some as your help picture mm -hmm. absolutely so what do you want to do should we go check this address out? Check the address out. Okay. Yes. And I'm staying. I don't know, but because I am the father of Ingolf, as I'm seeing myself as the father figure of Ingolf, I'm staying right next to him. Okay, he didn't well, tell you it was a beer hall. I know he didn't. <laughs> I know he didn't. I know he didn't, but I stay right next to him anyway because I hooked him in the elevator when I was scared of it falling. I'm staying next to him. Right. Are we going to do? Uh, are we going to play it all uh, the way we did with the journalists and have a couple of us say hello and a couple of us hang back in case this? I mean, I assume if this, you didn't get an, any impression of this woman at all. Is that right, Engolf? That's correct. She just. I think she let me handed me this paper, and by the time I realized she handed me something. Manage. It's always wise for all of us. Like we, we shouldn't be traveling in one clump anyway. It's much easier to recognize us that way. So yes, some so hiding if, in the wings. If Andre has to protect his duckling, um, then... he, is fra he is fragile human being. I have to keep an eye on him. You three are incapable of looking after him. I, I think I'm capable of looking after myself, Andre. You are not capable. You were. Argue, none of us is arguably capable of actually taking care of ourselves. If, you, but, uh, Petra, um, do you have? Uh, are you armed in a way that could help if there was yes. a problem? All right. Yes. So it's so I'm is all it, way Yes. Yeah. So is it going to be Ingolf, Ingolf, and Andre, and the rest of us will sit back as a group, or does we want to send a third? Preferably someone who is at least personable. We don't want to start off on a bad foot with whoever lives at this address. I mean, I'm pretty personable. Okay. Well, then sure, that works. Maybe not as much as John, but I'm. Well, don't don't drape yourself in trash, Andre. And I think we'll. I think you'll. And do uh, I've got a pretty face, so it's fine. <laughs> so, I are you all going, but you're going in yes. separately. Okay. Yes. So who's going in first? I am. I so Andre and Ingolf are going to go. Okay. Um, all right. So you drive across town. Um, you go into a semi-industrial area. There's a lot of them in, in Moscow. Um, it doesn't look like the thing in your dreams. Uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, people are getting off of work. Uh, so it's around five o'clock or so. Um, and when you get to this beer hall, it's kind of a rundown, sleazy little beer hall. Uh, there are a lot of workers that are enjoying it after, after work beer. Uh, it's noisy. There's music playing and so forth. And you come inside. Um, so Ingolf and Andre, you walk in. Um, it's, it's, you know, chaotic. There's stuff going on everywhere. Uh, there's a large, burly sort of fellow. He sees you come in, and he says, 
Yes, come. I'll give you a table. Yes, greetings, comrade. comrade. Uh, he takes you over, and oddly, he sits you at a table uh, for six. And there's the place is kind of packed, but there's nobody else at the table. Please sit down. Oh, thank you. So who comes in next? And if you fail to mention this with a bear, did you know? <laughs> oh, I knew. Who's, who's coming I in next? After them? I'll go next. Okay. Uh, Petra, you walk in by yourself? Yes. I think the appearance of the beer hall initially is a little like, like a little confusing. Right. And then we're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess we right. can probably, it's crowded. It's yeah. public. Yeah. Um, you walk in and the same burly fellow, he sees you come in he says, please miss, uh, come with me. I'll uh, get you a place to sit. And he takes you over and sits you at exactly the same table. I, I, I just needed a table for one. No, no, you want to sit here with your friends. I, I don't know these men. Yes, Pet, I'll, I'll just, I'll just Petra's like stare. <laughs> like, he says, he says, but you fit the description exactly as it was told to me. So, I, I think these are your friends. Uh, where are the other two? I suppose they're going to come in separately as well. So, oh, John, the rear, at least. <laughs> I was thinking we'd uh, see if there's any ferries, sightseeing tours, maybe a museum stop. Take the scenic route in, yeah. I, I, this beer hall has one entrance. We Probably it has back door and the side door. Right. And... But, you know, we, they went in, it's crowded and boisterous, and Petra went in, nobody came out or banged on a window. Right. So we're going to get the treatment. So, um, when you come inside, he sees you. He sets you at the same table. He gets you all round of beers. You can um, have one. You can have one, English. Just one. I'm glad you, I have your permission for one. My Maybe friend, uh, thank you for uh, helping arrange this. Uh, you got a reservation for us from whom? Oh, well, you'll find yeah. out soon enough. Uh, um, I wanted to make sure you all had something to drink. Uh, you won't be disappointed. I promise you won't be disappointed. I'm just a middleman. I'm not really involved, but, uh, what is, what is your name? We have to, we have to right now, we have to keep a level and he's saying this rather loudly, but there's so much noise going on. Yeah. He says, we have to keep a level of, uh, uh, security, you know how the, how it goes in these these desperate times. Uh, he says, um, and he sort of leans in where you can barely hear him, you know, but he's not broadcasting. He says, uh, he says, now a car uh, will pick you up at um, at the uh, Mayakovsky Square tonight at seven o'clock. If you are there, then they will come and take you. Uh, and you'll understand eventually. You won't be disappointed. disappointed. And then he sort of turns and he goes back to 
oh, what are you doing there? You know, stop it out, you know, like this. And he he goes back to like serving the other customers. This is the Moscow I remember. Rowdy and full of drunks. Yeah, and that beer is getting anywhere near these lips. Oh, come on, John. Just one. Proper Moscow beer. I'd I'd love one that maybe hasn't been tampered with or had something slipped in it, because this does seem remarkably dodgy. Uh, here, oh, let's let's. Do, do I sense anything dodgy, Tom? <laughs> no. If I sniff, he doesn't give us an address at a time and drug the beer in the beer hall and drag us out. Exactly. They're going to kill us in the car at Mayakovsky Square. John, trust. Trust me, it is safe. I would warn you if it was not. I have a way of telling. Russian beer is not uh, German beer, though. Six in a canoe, yeah. <laughs> Russian beer, no. Reminds me of the good old days. There's a reason you people drink vodka. Your beer yeah, is not... Yeah, yeah, vodka, is, well, vodka is very good. Your German beer is very, very good. Very good. Better than this one. But your spirit's not so much. Vodka is... Well, John, if you don't want yours, I'll take it. I said you could have two, yes. So um, he goes back to doing his job, which is... Yes, and it's about two hours before 7.30. Time was it 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, sorry. Uh, And uh, uh, how far from here, Andre, is uh, Mayakovsky Square? Not that far, I don't think. Not if I rem- let me remember Moscow, but not very far. So maybe we should just eat and. Uh, I mean, we're being watched, and he's he, he we've been described to this man. We need to eat. Whatever is coming, it is better to have some sustenance in our bodies. The I beer don't... tastes okay. I mean, it's not German beer, but... It's not German beer. It's not beer poison. And... It's not drug. Beer and food. Then we go to this meeting. Me and Petra are on alert anyway. If something is afoot, we can... And I am, like, them. watching the beer garden as we all eat, just trying While to... While we're in Russia, I am always alert. looking, yeah. because if I see someone who remotely looks like a KGB agent or... A... Undercover KGB agent, I am definitely on our, our our friendly host, who's got a specific description of us. Is what does he feel like? Does he feel like mafia or intelligence? Or he he acts very much like a hospitable beer uh, a uh, bartender or owner. Maybe he's the owner of the place. We, so we used to use some informants sometimes who would act as our go-between, some, someone who comes across nice and friendly and bubbly. So it, it could be anyone. It could be a high government official. It could be a KGB agent. It could be a mafia. It, it could, could be, be, it could anyone. be a friend who we've been trying to find. Exactly. It could be anyone of note who would use well, this way. Andre, you can do a read, a, read the situation. Fifteen again. Okay. It does. It does come across to you. It seems like the kind of um, clandestine bullshit that the KGB would do 
especially if it was somebody who didn't want to be seen with you, but needed to have a meeting with you. And it was like jumping through hoops to get, if, if, if he said that there would be cars to pick you up, the cars will most likely take you some secret location and, Drop us off to get and then you'll, up. yeah, you'll, it, it, it sounds like, it doesn't sound like something like a mafia would do or, yeah. um, more, more government. most likely it's some government official or somebody who wants right. to have a conversation with you, but not get traced. And notably, instead of slipping Ingolf a slip of paper, this smiling girl could have slipped him a shiv. And they're obviously well informed about us and were wanted internationally. So that's a a pretty clever wordplay, Diedrich. Have you ever considered trying to write anything yourself? You know, some of us are readers only. Uh, Dietrich, I reckon you could write a very good story. Maybe if we survive all of this, there's a, a, a fiction, a fantasy series. And all maybe right. a film, one of those movie, films get made about it. <laughs> so you drink some, you eat some. Um, when Andre you- the bathroom, I get a vodka shot for engulf me and John, Petra, if she wants. That better be one for me. I know I'm not there, but you better one for me. <laughs> one thing that is odd, or not odd, but yeah, you don't have to pay for anything. They're, uh, it's yeah. on the house. Um, and the other staff at this place, I mean, we can't get a, can we get a regular waiter? Or does sure. only he come back? And, but they're just yeah. like, it's. We, we have you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you just grab whoever's available and they'll get you whatever you want. And, yeah. um, and nothing in the whole place seems out of place. It just seems like a cheap little beer place where they're selling, you know, all these people are from, you can hear their conversations. You just got off of work. It's a hard day, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not, nothing really stands out as, as sinister or dangerous. Um. So then are you all going to go? Yes, after buying the shittiest vodka they have, like the the shittiest, the proper Russian experience vodka, I am then going to give each of them the shot, and we are going to toast to it. Forgetting through this bullshit, for battling and winning to this, to us. And then I don't so later on, you end up at uh, Mayakovsky Square, uh, which is fairly populated. There's a lot of people wandering around. And there's kind of nightlife here and there. It's not dark yet. It's only seven o'clock. Uh, but the sun is, you know, on the horizon going down. Uh, promptly, right at seven o'clock, these two large black sedans... Uh, pull up uh, right where you're standing. Uh, they park, and two fellows get out. Uh, they are they are what you would call. I mean, it looks like a cross between a limo driver and a bouncer. Uh, they're fairly large, muscular fellows. They're dressed in suits. Um, 
and they come around and open up the doors for you. Uh, unless you say something to them, they don't really say anything back. Are they packing heat? I would pay attention. I don't think so. Uh, I'll get in one. Right this yep. way, please. Yeah. Why do they need two for us is the thing. I'm, so I'd like people to... guarding us each one, probably. I, I'm going to try to observe the situation and see if something stands out about the two vehicles or the situation. Ooh. Uh, 18. My eyes are wide open. The diversion you do realize they are unmarked vehicles. Uh, so is, they don't have licenses. Governmental. Is there room for all five of us in one of them? Probably not. Well, maybe. I mean, you could fit a couple in the back seat and one up in the front with the driver. So they're not um, big limos. They're, they're, not they're big, large they're, cars. They're, they're town right, cars. They're sedans. Right. I, so... It doesn't. I see nothing that alarms me. Uh, I think we should have one Russian speaker in each of them, though. So. I don't think we're going to part Papa with his baby bird. So <laughs> perhaps the two of them in one, and the three of us in the other. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, just had a lot to drink. I need to keep an eye. All right. Okay. So you get in the cars. The the uh, you you notice that the the drivers, if you ask them anything, they're they're very soft spoken and very to the point. Um, no one else is in either vehicle. It's just the drivers no, and us. No one else is in them. Uh, and so they start to drive. Uh, they start to drive, and for about a half an hour or so, they're driving here and there through the city, and you definitely get the impression that. They're making sure they're not going in any direct route. Yeah, they're they're winding around. Um, as a result, though, you have no idea where you are. And the sun's gone down. Um, you pull in front of a building that says Western Forest Sleep Products. It's an old, dingy uh, uh, building. It looks like it has some apartments up above. Um, it's very nondescript out in the middle of, you know, just an area that other buildings like it. Um, uh, so you get out of the car and you're led inside and you notice that all of the blinds in the windows of the building are pulled closed you know, so that you can't see in from the outside. Uh, Uh, you go inside, and there is a woman, a short uh, woman uh, with tan hair. Um, she's sitting behind a desk, uh, and they sort of, actually, it looks kind of almost like a waiting room. Uh, and she says, yes, please, please have a seat. Um, the colonel will be with you in a few moments. The first time she said Colonel. Um, Andre, you will read the situation. Okay. 
18. 18, very good. This, this is not looking good for later on. <laughs> there, are, there are little indicators as you're looking around. Uh, they're trying to be very, very discreet, very incognito, but you're dead sure this is KGB. And uh, after a few moments, uh, she comes, uh, she gets a, like a, a, a thing on the intercom, you know, and she says, uh, please come with me. And she takes you down the hall and she opens up the door on the end. Uh, you can see that the name on the, no, there's no name on the door. Sorry. Uh, they're being discreet. Uh, she says, please write in here. Uh, the Colonel will see you. And as you step inside, um, Andre and Petra uh, sit behind a desk. Well, she's standing behind the desk now as you come in, is a woman. She's very severe looking. She looks like she might be in her uh, early 50s. Um, she carries herself very much like a military uh, person, um, a colonel. They keep calling her colonel. Uh, and she says to you, I am Zoya Selenova. Uh, of the KGB's Internal Affairs Unit. Okay. But Dietrich, Ingolf, and John, as you step into the room and the door is closed behind you, standing behind the desk is a very intimidating-looking lictor um, with sharp fangs, and uh, tubes and things. Uh, it looks like it might be, uh, it, it's definitely not as large as the bishop, but it definitely has the same sort of cast as the bishop. It's obviously not a human being. It is a lictor. And in surprise and terror, you sort of look, look at it and she looks at you and chuckles. And that's what we're going to cover off tonight. Shit. Shit. <laughs> shit on two fronts. Nova Lichter and KQP. Shit. All right. Very good. Do our recap. I mean, our... Uh, Probably one of the three that could actually see her for who she was would be a good recap giver. We've got our questions and upkeep, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, well? questions and yes. upkeep. Located uh, one of the incarnates, haven't you? I think we have. But not two. Yeah, we, we have located two. I did investigate Slava. I think, I think, yeah. I think I'm I mean, to investigate Harkon. I have I have more black book, but we did do more death magic. Are we going to count that? I guess it's up to Tom if that counts. Did you say specifically black book? That's what I wrote down last week. Well, I'll tell you what. What you kind of what you kind of can piece together from what <laughs> happened to you this time around is that 
the real literature, the real dark magic stuff is not usually published in books. So the black tome may in fact be one of a kind, unique, never copied. Um, so it's like researching, it's all, almost impossible. It's mostly legend, you know, but it's a legend that sort of fits. So we've um, learned about the black tome and that we've learned that it's some as dot copies of various texts, including the chunk that we saw uh, and that it's a death magic tome. It's a death magic compilation or right. something. Sounds good. My second right. was I should learn about death magic, but I didn't do much of that investigation yet. So, right, that it's learning about death magic is kind of hard because the most you can learn about is that there is something called death magic and that it's really dangerous, and that's about it. Because to actually learn about death magic, you have to meet a death magician who teaches you death magic. Mm -hmm which God knows what he makes you do uh, to learn it. <laughs> Something very squishy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I should probably drop that hook for something else. Yeah. But no points from that. Okay, that makes sense. Coolio. All right, three questions. Have we discovered anything new about the truth? Oh, hints that there's the different types of uh, magic, because they did mention about they name drop time and space as well as death. Yeah, the realm between the death and the living. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, I Dietrich would have been satisfied to think that there was a real world and a dream world. He didn't need to know that there was also a death world and a live world. Mm -hmm. And these skills, or lack thereof. Dietrich has yet to learn anything about himself, though. Yeah, I haven't learned anything about myself. I might be on my way to learning more about myself. <laughs> Actually, maybe I have. Maybe I figured out that I am more of a father figure than I. I I've, I've than learned I that uh, Andre sees. <laughs> Andre is very protective of me. Which no one may <laughs> may end up being deadly for me <laughs> for being so protective. What was the third question? Challenge oneself. Have we challenged ourselves? I feel like there there was a risk in doing some of the things. I don't know that that's necessarily a challenge, but I mean, we did accept some risks this session. I don't know how don't challenging know. they were, though. The, that's fair. The, the going yeah. into the dream, I mean, with, between all the dream powers and the ability to etric, etric, the ability for them to just leave at any time things went wrong mm -hmm. wasn't too much risk. I mean, getting in a car was strange. Well, it's challenging for me, considering I had the had an inkling that I could be KGB related or something similar, and and I've gone into the belly of the beast. For me, well, literally in this sense. Yeah. All she needs to do is open really wide, and you can climb on in. That may end up happening. <laughs> no, it's right. I think though that you made you made a good assumption that if they wanted to just kill you, they would have killed me. True. That's true. Yeah, and if they wanted to arrest me or detain or knew who or knew or whatever, they would have done it. Well, in fact, I mean, 
as I'm not XKGB and don't have your particular anxiety, but clearly, like I preferred meeting this lictor in the back of a limousine to meeting the last one who pounded into a building and nearly annihilated me before recognizing my innocence. <laughs> this is kind of chill. That's what the kids say. And she's got a nice last name, Selenova. <laughs> Until she spots Selenova things. Yeah. No, that's I think, yeah, I think my she's last aware. gesture. Yeah. She got the newsletter. I have a feeling we're just we're just lit up like a beacon for a certain <laughs> I also suspect that the bishop's never gonna show up again. We're gonna just be passed along like poor Lichter, Scrooge Lichter from to one Lichter. to another. At least we know we're on the right track. <laughs> so no, we do. We... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we know we are on the right. I mean, we've got a location, mm-hmm. a probable location for the for the incarnate, and a and a new connection to. Uh, I. Or... I do need another hook. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, all... I so think we I'm all... assuming we keep the primary of locate the other two incarnates because we haven't done that. Um, no, we've located one. Okay. Well, we don't know where and, they are, though, right? We know correct. of their position, but we don't know where they are physically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you can... want us to keep that one, Tom? That was the one you gave us. Um, we don't know specifically whether. You know, at this point, it's like the only thing that I can think of is, you know, figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but don't we, we, don't we know that, that, uh, the second incarnate is in the uh, Slava compound. We we no, know he's in charge. No. We know he's in charge. No, I, I, I looked. I looked at the, so the Slava compound, and he but was not, not there. there. Not physically there when the, you the, looked, at least, right? The, the main thing was he does. He, he he's not. He isn't the, stationed anywhere. There was a doctor so he, there who's pretty he, suspect from having a dark aura, who probably would know where he is. Right, you could assume right. he was the only magical anything in there. Where my infiltration would come in handy if I get a chance to do it. Maybe Before keep I... that one then. I mean, I think if we this all need Lichter, maybe this Lichter who is part of the internal affairs of the KGB might be able to help us find. <laughs> all right, so stock incarnates is still valid. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't give uh, things for my second one. Maybe it should be Slava related because that's where why. I mean, could well, it be broad, like continue to investigate Slava or I don't know. The, the, the problem with what Ingolf does is he can sort of wander around invisibly, mostly invisibly. Uh, in a place like Slava, but he doesn't know what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And he can't really pick things up and look at them. Right. You know, like documents and stuff. Probably infiltration is a direction you're going to have to go, at least at some point. Infiltrate, infiltrate Slava. Slava. Mm-hmm. Good one. And since they've got hundreds of thousands of members, it might make sense you can easily impersonate whoever. I mean, you can't, imp- you just have to think what organizations might be visiting. Yeah. Germanisch Germeinschaft. Yeah, I could. Pose, yeah. Okay, so I, I might actually surpass my chameleon next time. Infiltrate might work for us 
all? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I mean, you have to use your own judgment on that. Is that our secondary one? I feel like they both work, you know, finding yeah. the other, the two incarnates infiltrate Slava, however that looks for each of us. Okay, is that everything? Yep. I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, for spending points, which we can do at leisure. Right. Our players included Matthew Sanderson, David Gasway, Holly Buto, Morgan Llewellyn, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Game Master. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the fine arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for the updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe. I'm sorry, for another adventure into the strange and terrifying world of Cult Divinity Lost Role Playing Game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.